home. You are welcome here. A few weeks ago, you may have noticed, if you live in this area, and in fact it's a fairly broad stripe, you may have noticed that there was a brief time in the middle of the day when it got kind of dark. Do you remember that? Uh, where you had anybody actually watched the, the eclipse? A few of us did. What are you doing with those glasses now? Those things are useless. I mean, somebody could be driving toward you, and if you have those glasses on, they could have their high beams on. You're still getting hit by that car. That is a totally useless pair of glasses for anything except looking directly at the sun, which is ill-advised. Don't do that. But when it went away, wasn't it cool? All that ethereal beauty. That wonderful moment when I've never seen anything like that. There was an eclipse in Iowa when I was a little kid. If it did that, I don't remember it. That was stunningly beautiful. On that same day, I ate a Carolina Reaper. The entire universe was briefly eclipsed for me. Uh, It's on YouTube. If you hunt a little bit, you can see your preacher wish he was dead for a period of time. Thank you for that, Logan. I appreciate it. That, but uh, in all seriousness, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been there when the sun refused to shine? You were there in the eclipse. And you know what it's like to have, you know, the natural world unexpectedly plunged into darkness, right? But have you ever been there when in, say, your emotional life, you started hearing crickets in the middle of the day? When the frogs started to sing because the light went away. Several years ago, I sat beside a bed in my parents' room with my dying father. And uh, we had been sitting in silence for a while when he says to me, Ethan, I just don't get it. I didn't know what he was bringing up. I was like, what, what do you, he said, I don't know why he would do that. He was talking about the cross. And he's saying, I don't understand why he would do that. And I said, well, Don, you're, you're loved. He said, no, I mean, I don't understand how it works. He's an innocent man, and I'm not. I deserve this, but I don't understand. What, what does him dying do for me at all? <laughs> Man, for the wisdom of Solomon, I wish that I could tell you, report to you that I had a brilliant answer for him. I mean, I know all kinds of theological answers, but he did too. And when you're sitting there with your dying dad, you'll find that most of your good thinking kind of goes away and all you want to do is make him feel better. All I could say was, I don't know, Don. I was sitting there, and it seemed like the whole world was gray. That there wasn't any real light anywhere. It was bright outside. The crickets weren't singing, the birds were. It's about two in the afternoon. Nevertheless, I'm sitting there with this this man with stomach illness and pain like you can't imagine, wrestling with the crucifixion, and I was just sitting there in absolute 
dark. Ever been there? Those moments that you can't understand. You can't, you can't figure out God. You can't figure out reason or rationality. None of it makes sense. It seems like the whole world goes sideways. Have you ever been there? Where life throws you a complete curve. And even though the sun may be shining, and even though you can't hear the cricket song, you feel the darkness all around you. Have you been there? Where is God when life gets like that? When, when your marriage fails, or the finances fails, or your loved one's health fails, or your health fails, and you sit in the bleakness and the pain of your children or yourself, and you sit there going, God, where are you? You're all-powerful. I can't do anything about this, but you can. Or you could have. Why is this my story now? Why do I have to be in this? Where are you? And why am I so unearthly alone? You ever been there? I have been there. You haven't been there yet. Live long enough. This is a world of darkening days. The longer we live, the more we encounter the darkness and the more likely you are to know exactly what I'm talking about. And the thing is, why doesn't He do something? He did. He has. You see, we live in a world where that has happened. And so you're not alone in the dark. You're not. You are with God. And the cross says, most profoundly, when you are in the dark, when the sun refuses to shine, you are actually entering into His experience. You rest with Him in His dying. Well, that isn't what I want though. What I want is for Him to come do something. I don't want to sit here in the darkness. You're all powerful, God, and I just want You to come and fix it. Well, you know, there are all kinds of theological explanations as to why he can't. C.S. Lewis wrote an entire book called The Problem of Pain that looks at that. You know, in order to fix it for this person, he's got to mess it up for that one. You know, in order to resolve this problem over here, he's got to cause dissonance over here. Or, you know, the easy fix for God in this broken world is just to kill us all. Because why is it such a broken place anyway? You say, well, I didn't deserve for my dad to have cancer. Or you didn't deserve for whatever came upon you. But yeah, none of it was meant to be this way. Why is it this way? 
because creation has spun off its axis. Sin and death are a part of the game now. And the easy solution is for Him to... But you know what? In the moment, we don't want to hear that. We just want to go, God, You're powerful enough and You could have done something about it. And His answer is, I have done something about it. And I am with you in it. I have walked deep enough into the darkness to sit down beside you. I have been there in your midst. And when you feel so alone, know that I was too. And so that you are not. He has joined us in the darkness. Which darkness? This darkness. It was now about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour when the sun's light failed. When that moment comes upon you that the crickets are out, remember this. Remember that He has been there absolutely in a darkness that no matter what you've been through, if you aren't three hours away from death, and you haven't been here, He's been in a darker place than you. Not less dark. He knows what it is to sit in the hopelessness and the despair. And when you come to Him and you cry out, God, I'm dying here. I'm hurting so bad. Please do something. His answer is, I am. I have. I am. Even now, I am doing something. And I have done everything. I have joined with you in the darkness to undo it. And so this, this is God's answer. Again, you know, from when we're in the middle of it, it's not the answer we want. We want Him to go, bing! Snap His fingers and take all the pain away. That isn't what He does. He does this. Because His goal isn't just to end our suffering, it is to end our wickedness. His goal is that we should be transformed. So He steps into the dark with us so that He can lead us out. He steps into the dark with us to show us how to rest in the darkness. What do I do in this dark place? That. His dying words are words of absolute trust. Complete trust. Father, I am in the dark here. And from a human perspective, I am not witnessing your deliverance. I'm not being saved. You have promised to be Savior, and yet I am not being saved. What shall I do then? Do I give up on you, O God? As my life ebbs away, as the darkness closes in on my vision and I cannot see because my life is ending, what do I do when you have not saved? This. Even here, he trusted his God. He showed us how it's done. Not, Father, why not? 
Or Father, why didn't you give me? Or Father, I needed. Couldn't you see I needed? Amazingly, it's Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Even in the dark place, I trust that you are good. Even with the horror all around me, I know that you are good, and so you are trustworthy. And it is worth committing my life and my heart to you, even then in this failure, even in this dismal place, even in all of this pain, even though my life is ending, still will I trust you. So we do it too. Because we've seen Him do it. He's shown us how to sit in the dark place. Having said this, He breathed His last. His death was one of trust in the darkness. That's what it was. And you'll note that when this happened, there's something amazing about it. Because the centurion says, when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. Probably the centurion who just a few verses earlier had been mocking him. When he watched the way he died, he goes, that's different. That's not what people do. Nobody does that. When that happens, people scream. People cry out. I know the centurion would say, I've seen this a hundred times. I've never seen that. It is a compelling death. There's something about it that's compelling and convicting if you'll just look at it. If you'll set your eyes on it, you will see the wonder of who He is. Here in the darkness, by His death, He shows us how to be faithful in this dark present age. As we pass through it, we have someone who went through it before us that we can look at and say, that's what I want to. That's what I want to be. Now here's the truth. This story would be useless if the Gospel of Luke were 23 chapters long. It would be a depressing tragedy. And in a way, he'd still kind of be beautiful and compelling. Even unbelievers who don't believe the resurrection happened can look at the story of Jesus, can even look at the death of Jesus with awe. He's so amazingly different from us. Such a man of great faith and confounding beauty. But you and I know the truth. If the story ended there, what would He have really given us? It's a good thing then that the story doesn't end here. Because the reason that what Jesus did makes sense is that there is a chapter 24. That there is the truth that God does in fact deliver Jesus Christ and all who follow Him. And all who follow Him. So we can sit in the darkness, in the pain, in the trouble, and be just as faithful as Him. We can say, this is awful. I wish this weren't my life story. I can't believe that it is. 
I hate that things have gone the way that they have, but I will still trust You, God. And in the darkness we can say, Father, into Your hands do I commit everything that I am. My whole life, everything, me, my spirit, is safe with You, even in this unsafe Christ, and here's the amazing truth of the resurrection. This is why He came. He came to come into the darkness so that He could lead us out of it. He came to enter into death with us so that He could guide us beyond it. He came to prove to us that what looks like an end is in fact not. He came to provide rescue to those who cannot save themselves came to sit in the darkness down beside us so that He might take hold of us. And if the darkness should ever take us, His grip is the tighter one. And He will lift us up with Him. So it makes sense to say to the darkness, do your worst. I will not be afraid. Hurt me if you must. I don't want it. But if you do, know that I will not curse my God. No matter what, I will trust Him because He's trustworthy. I've seen it in Jesus Christ and I know it's true in my life too. Come what may. Defeat, depression, breaking, crushing, humiliation, shame, sickness, pain, even death. He has been through it all and I will walk behind Him because He leads me to good places. So no matter what, I'm going with Him because He came to be with me. Isn't His grace amazing? Let's sing together. Let's go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
comes upon us, what do we do? Wouldn't it be great if we had a good example to look at? Maybe a disciple of Jesus. I mean, Jesus obviously is a great example. But my, I'm not the only one who does this, I know. The tendency is there to say, well, yeah, but that's Jesus. And Jesus is Jesus. And I ain't Jesus. How do I do that? How do I? Well, Luke, it's almost like he anticipates the question. As if he wants to say, okay, and really, this is real. It can be done. Now, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. Now, in Luke's speak, looking for the kingdom of God and not consenting to the action of the council is saying something about where his heart is with Christ. He's saying this is a man who's trying on discipleship. He's saying this is a man that disciples can look at and say, this, you know, throughout the Gospel of Luke, there have been these two groups, people walking with Jesus, both of them walking with Jesus, but some of them are jerks, And some of them are not. This one is not. This is one of them that you can look at. And look at what he does. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then he took it down. That is no secret act. This is a public execution, and this is filled with all the jeering crowd. The people who were at the trial are there. Now sure, some of them are going to go home after his death, but somebody's going to see this. He took it down and he wrapped it in a linen shroud and he laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. One that was intended for Joseph of Arimathea. And incidentally, Joseph would get to use it. It's not going to be occupied long. Do you see what he did here? Remember who he is. He's a member of that council. Whether he was actually there or not, I don't know. I mean, it was a kangaroo court held in the middle of the night, but there's a good chance he was. He got to see all the bitterness and rancor. He was in the decision, even if he was not part of the decision. And so he knows. Bloodthirsty. Do you see the risk he's taking? Do you see how he's stepping into danger? Why on earth is he doing that? What Would you do it? If there's no guarantee that things are going to work out alright, are you going to do the right thing? When I ask it like that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would do the right thing. Would you do the risky thing? 
Because this man could die for this. And he knows it. All of the disciples at the moment of Jesus' arrest ran away. And here he is standing with him. He says, I'll be with him in this. And realize that as far as Joseph of Arimathea knew, he's still looking for the kingdom of God because apparently it's not that guy. I thought it was that guy. But God would have delivered him if it was that guy. And God didn't. But still, that guy was good. He was so good and he didn't deserve what they did. So even if they kill me, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to show honor to God. I'm going to do the right thing. And the right thing is kindness to this good man. I will not be evil with them just because it's expedient. I am here in the darkness. But I will take the risk in the darkness because it's right. Now where on earth would he have learned that? So this is what Jesus does to people. This is what being with Jesus does to people. That mysteriously in the darkness, when anyone would understand you doing the wrong thing, the power of Christ leads you to what's right. You can say, I will commit my spirit to you. Let them kill me. I don't want them to. I don't want that. But I will trust in my God, and even if they kill me, I will be with Him. I will do what's right. Isn't Joseph an amazing man? Isn't he stunning? Because he had been with Jesus, Joseph knew how to do the good thing when it's not easy. Because he was convicted by Jesus, he does what's right. Even when it's risky. Are you willing to take risks? And he does this even when it is evident that God is not going to do anything. Now, he was wrong about that. God does the most amazing thing. But in that moment, there's no way he could know that unless he'd listened to Jesus. You know, because Jesus already told him. But there's no way that you would have believed it either. I don't know that I would. I don't know that you would. They didn't. None of us did. And still in the darkness, He does the right thing. This is what Christ empowers in His disciples. When there's no promise for reward and no hope in victory, when there's no expectation that anything will go well, when it looks like it will all fall apart, and it does, still we do the will of the Lord our God by His great power at work within us. This is what the cross establishes. It's what it does. He's just the first example of many I could name. Because I could start naming you. This is what Christ does to us. So even when we cannot see, can we do what is good? Church, can you? Are you willing to admit defeat when you're defeated? Or are you going to cry out, no, my God is never defeated. And I commit my spirit to Him. Even if they kill me, yet I will trust the Lord my God because He is good and He raises the dead. 
The darkness can never defeat you, church. Because Christ has defeated the darkness. I'm going to go ahead and skip that. I'm going to put it in front of you. How defeated do you feel? Are you ever there in the dark times? Do you ever feel broken? Do you feel broken right now? If so, then hear the Gospel. Christ's answer is not necessarily, I'm going to make it all right, right now. Bing, I'm going to make it all go away. No, His answer is, I am with you in this dark place. And this dark place won't last forever. I have overcome it all. And I will be with you while you also overcome what you're passing through. But it it can be hard. Oh, it can be hard. It can be so hard. And if you are in the midst of it right now, we want to pray for you. We want to care for you as Christ has cared for us. And so if you need the prayers of the saints, we are here, ready and willing and desiring to pray. And it may be that whatever it is you're going through, I haven't touched on anything, but, but there's something that's specific you want the prayers of the saints for. Let us know we're a praying church and we want to pray for you. And if you're not following Christ yet, this is the best way He leads us through the dark times into the glory of His resurrection. So if you need to start following Jesus, today's the day to do it. If this morning you're subject to the invitation of Christ, why don't you come?